Hello and welcome back to Spy Hard's podcast. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And we're here continuing our celebration of 2012's James Bond film Skyfall. Cam, who do we have with us? Yes, we are talking to second unit director Alexander Witt, who worked not only on Skyfall, but also Casino Royale, Spectre, and a little film called No Time to Die, plus many other spy films and major blockbusters that you no doubt have seen in the theater. Absolutely. Uh, he, this guy's filmography is exceedingly extensive, and you'd be surprised the films that he's been involved with. So without further ado, Cam, roll it. And joining us now on the show, we've been talking about James Bond this week, and this man knows his Bond. It is Mr. Alexander Witt. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much, and thank you for inviting me. Oh, our pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. I mean, your credits speak for themselves when it comes to spy movies, let alone James Bond. I mean, you've been involved in everything from The Hunt for Red October, Born Identity, Triple X, four James Bond films. I mean, it's uh, you are the man to talk to when it comes to spy movies. Well, kind of. There, there are a few others, but uh, yeah, somehow I... I I got involved in it, and uh, thank you to uh, Jan de Bond who really started me in second unit and action mainly. Well, that sort of takes me to my first real question: What made you want to get involved in filmmaking, and what sort of helped get your start? Well, it's a long story. I mean, I, I really wanted to be an actor, and uh, that was my first thought about uh, getting into the movie, and. Um, so when I went to Germany and then I went to England, I still wanted to be an actor, but then that didn't work as as good as I thought. So and uh, in '73 when I went to uh, Germany, I started with Ariflex, and uh, and photography was always something that I was interested in too, and that's how I got to uh, started start as a camera assistant then an operator, and then a DP. Um, and I uh, started directing commercials. And I met Jan de Bond in uh, 83 on Cujo, 82, 83, on Cujo. And uh, he really helped me a lot in my career and gave me also the opportunity to uh, start in second unit on uh, speed. And that's how I was... I mean, the, the, the movie uh, did very well, so uh, that's when the call started coming in to do Second Unit. And you worked with a lot of famous people, you know, famous directors leading up to, you know, 94 working on Speed. You know, I see John McTiernan, Steven Spielberg, a lot of big names. But I am just curious, you know, whether it was Jan de Bont or someone else, like what were some of the really important lessons you learned along the way that have helped kind of form your career? Well, I mean, with every uh, director of photography, you learn something. I mean, everybody has his own style. And uh, especially on second unit, you have to uh, keep the style that every DP in each movie is doing. So you learn a lot with every one of them. And and then you, when you do your own movies, you... Um, you have quite a good idea of what the movie or what the film needs what kind of photography it needs. I mean, a comedy is different than uh, drama and uh, action is different than comedy and all that. So um, you, you learn from each one of them and um, also from the directors 
you learn the, the way they direct actors and they, um, what goes well with, uh, again, what goes, goes well with comedy and, um, and uh, action and things like that. So uh, I think with everyone, you learn uh, something. And one question I've always been really curious about is that a lot of these people, you know, you've worked with and made films with very like visually distinct filmmakers, whether directors of photography or directors. And I've always been really interested to know when you're working the second unit, keeping visual continuity. So the film looks entirely of one vision, even though you have two separate departments. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, you talk with the director and you talk to the director of photography, right? And a couple of months before you start shooting and you learn also what kind of uh, photography he wants to do and and the way the director sees his film. And uh, so you have a, a, a constant um, relation with them before you start uh, shooting. And, and that and then you have to match whatever they do in the, in the uh, directing. I mean, some directors want wide shots and long shots and not so many cuts. Others want as many cuts or as many uh, shots you can give them for so they can have a, um, they can choose at the end of the editing. And uh, it's the same with the, with the DP. So you have a long uh, relation with them before you start shooting. Right. And are they looking at dailies every day of what you've shot? Yeah, they do. And uh, sometimes they come up and, and they say, here, yeah, I, I make the shots a little longer or, uh, uh, I mean, they have, they have their own opinion. And um, of course, uh, the second unit, it's not always easy because after you see something, you can always make it better. So sometimes it's really tough with some directors and the OPs um to uh, really uh make them happy i mean ridley scott was uh um for me was one of the the best teachers that i've had from the directing point from the designing the shots uh from uh, he was probably the, the the best teacher i had and uh jan de Mont and other dps have been a uh, uh great teachers in a way that especially Jan de Bond to show me how to light quick and make it still look good something that I'm trying on this movie but it's um it's a little different when you do tv and when you do movies because you don't really have the time they don't give you the time to um, make a good job in that sense and do you tend to find when you're working with a director and you're coming up with a vision for the film, do you find you get much say in what you want to do with it? Or do you find a lot of the time it's quite prescriptive and you have to shoot to that director's vision? Well, I, I try to do as much as they want and or, or the way they see the film. And then I give them ideas. And also when I'm shooting, the um, I, I, I have my own ideas and and but I still have to shoot what they the way they see the film and I can give them ideas and shoot with other cameras and shoot other angles and things like that so they can and 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 they like that I mean they they know that uh, sometimes a shot they don't know because of the lighting is different or when you scout the locations um 
it was in the summer and then you're shooting in the winter and the light is totally different. And, and it's the same with the DPs. The DPs, of course, understand a little better the, the situation, but sometimes the directors say, well, I wanted to shoot this this way, but two months later or three months later, the light was really bad. So you try to make it look good and you change it but they don't have the idea that, um, okay, it looks great. And they still have the idea of what they saw two three months ago when you scouted it. And, you know, I mentioned off the top, we're, we're talking about James Bond this week. And we're, we're going to jump a little bit over your filmography when we're talking about films. But I think we'll use James Bond as a launching off point because in 2006, you joined the James Bond team as the second unit director for Casino Royale, still, I think, probably the best James Bond film ever made. Um, how did you get connected with the project? Uh, well, it was one of those uh, lucky moments that uh, a second unit director who was asked to do uh, Casino Royale, he wasn't available. I mean, this is a story that I heard. <laughs> sure, right. Sure. Um, and he mentioned my name. And um, so they called me and I went to England and had um, uh, an interview. And uh, a week or two weeks later, I got the call saying, okay, you're hired and uh, can you start then and then? And that's how I heard the story. Um, yeah, I mean, I've done a few uh, pictures before, like Hog Down, Gladiator, big movies. And so I guess my resume in that sense was pretty good showing my, my, my job. And uh, had you sort of, I'm, I'm sure you'd had knowledge of the Bond films, but had you been a fan of them before that? Well, I grew up with them. Uh, in 62, I saw my first uh, Bond when I was or in 64 when I was 12 or whatever it was I can't remember my my age anymore but it's uh yeah but I grew up with them pretty much all of them and one of the really interesting things about Casino Royale is the way it kind of rebooted the franchise but also brought in real visual flourish to it really kind of took a different approach to James Bond I'm just curious you know when you're working on that film kind of the communication going back and forth between you, you know, Martin Campbell, Phil Mayhew, about designing this new visual style of James Bond. Yeah, like like I said, I mean, that's something you start before the shooting and when you're scouting and um, talking to uh, Martin and, and uh, uh, Phil, you start, you start getting also a sense of what they like and how they want to shoot and all that. So that's, uh, like, a, uh, it's it's all... It all starts when you're doing the prep and the and the lo location scouts. <clears throat> so it's uh, and so you have a, a pretty good idea when you start shooting. And I mean, for myself, I, I feel like I'm an extension, or I have to be an extension of their work. So it's, I can't go and see. Well, uh, they like it backlit. No, I like it frontlit. So I do it frontlit and things like that. So you really have to have a good understanding of what kind of work they're doing and how they want it. And I would love to know just, you know, some kind of behind the scenes on creating the parkour sequence and working with Sebastian Foucan and realizing that just unbelievable um, action sequence. 
Well, I mean, uh, he was uh, a big part of the ideas that we had. Sometimes uh, a couple of weeks, after a few weeks, he kind of, uh, we had to come up with, with our own ideas because he, they, they, they only see it one way and sometimes it's not very cinematic. So we had to change some of the scenes, but uh, he did a, good, a great job. And also uh, it's very important that the stunt department in, in a movie, um, I mean, they come up with ideas and Martin Campbell came up with ideas sometimes. So it's a collaboration of all those three uh, or four groups, people. And then we try to do the best uh, we can. It, it, there's a there's a nice bit of synergy here because we've had Sebastian on the show, we've had Gary Powell on the show, and now we've had you on the show. It's like a, the whole team's come together on the show, uh, which I quite like. Um, but speaking of Casino Royale, before we maybe move on to some of the other Bond films, apart from perhaps the parkour, but you could shout that one out. It, what was sort of the favorite scene of the ones that you worked on, the one you look back on most fondly in Casino? In Casino? Well, I, I think it was that one. I mean, that was the biggest scene we did. And it was fun. And also we had um, Daniel Craig with us. And uh, at the beginning, he was a little uh, unsure how to do some of the stuff. But slowly he got the, 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 the grip on it. And he started not, uh, liking coming to second unit because it's uh, a little more easygoing and... Uh, uh, you know, you don't have to remember all the lines and things like that. So I think he had a very good time uh, coming up with us. And, and that's something interesting to dig into for a second, because you've watched his career blossom, really. You've seen him from his his birth as Bond to his, spoilers, death as right. James Bond. Um, how has it been working with Daniel throughout the four films you've done with him? Well, I, I had a very good relation with him. I mean, like I said at the beginning, he was a little worry about okay what am i doing here and i think before i don't think if he's done anything in that sense before so but slowly he got the the the, the confidence to do uh, a lot of the stunts himself and uh, and and i think that's important and that's why mm -hmm. other actors when they do their stunts i think it looks better it looks more realistic because you don't cut into a close-up and things like that. And uh, I think that helps a lot to the acting. Yeah, I mean, at the end, I think he, he had a couple of accidents uh, where, and one he broke or didn't break, but he did. He um, twisted his ankle on uh, uh, Spectre or, or uh, Skyfall, I think it was. And and also on uh, No Time to Die, he also uh, had a problem with his ankle. So after those incidents, they start to get a little more careful and 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 ask the stunt guys to do more of the, the job. I would just love to know when you were shooting the parkour sequence, you had no way of knowing at the time that it would become kind of one of the big legendary Bond action sequences and really loom over. All the movies Daniel Craig did, people would constantly call back to that parkour sequence. Did it feel at all special when you were shooting it? Because you'd shot a lot of action. Did it stand out at all at the time? Well, I think it did because, first of all, of the height we were doing it. And parkour was 
kind of just starting to become uh, big in, in, in the world. So it was still something new that nobody had seen in a, in a big movie. And I think that's why people liked it too. And, and the height that we did it, not just buildings where uh, you're kind of close to the ground and things like that. So I think that was also the, the exciting part of it when they're in the crane and, and they're jumping and all that. So I think that's why it made it a little more special. And I think I, I, I kind of want to drift us over to Skyfall, but I think before I do, there's an important question, and that is Quantum of Solace. Now, you weren't involved with the project. Mark Forster brought his own team in, uh, from what I can tell. But, I mean, did you catch that film and what did you think about it? No, I think, I, I mean, all the Bonds are great and uh, they're all entertaining and, and they're fun and... Uh, and the, um, the the stunts are great. I, um, I didn't do it because I was asked to do it, and I had a meeting with Barbara and um, uh, Foster. Uh, oh, Mark Forster. Mark Forster. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, I couldn't do it because I had uh, already committed myself to Ridley to photograph his uh, movie, Body of Lies. Oh, Body of Lies. Okay. Body of Lies. So. Uh, so I had to do that, and which was a great movie for me too, as a, a director of photography. And that's why I couldn't do the uh, quantum. But it, it was well done. I mean, the stunts were uh, well done, like in most of the bonds. And uh, um, I don't know. I think from all five, I think it's the the number five in that sense. Sure. Like you said, sure. for me, still, Casino is one of the best ones. And um, it's number one in that sense. Now, you come back into the fold with Skyfall in 2012, but there's a new director in town, Sam Mendes, who you'll have for two films at this point. Um, what I mean, was the call to you, and originally, obviously, they called you for Quantum, they obviously called you back for Skyfall. But how was it working with Sam Mendes? Well, I mean, Sam is not a director that comes from uh, or came from uh, action movies. So um, it was in a way we had more in the, in the first one. Um, Gary Powell and me, uh, we came with big ideas and Sam was always trying to um, make them a little smaller uh, because he thought that for the... Um, but the story it didn't go well um, so we had to bring down a lot of the stunts and um, but otherwise i mean we had a, a good relation in both movies um, and and he was open for a lot for ideas hmm. well jump, jumping off of your point there just for a second to the question is there a particular scene that jumps to mind from skyfall that you had sort of bigger visions for maybe you could just tell us about that well, I think the the trains, the train. Um, we had uh, bigger ideas in the sense that the um, the stunts were a little bigger, and we had to bring them down. And the train, and I think it worked pretty good. Mm. Uh, but it's it's always like that. Sometimes it's a financial uh, uh, thing that we have to come down because you can't have so many helicopters, or you can't have. Well, you don't have the time to do some of the stunts because of uh, they're too big, it takes too long and things like that. So, and I think, I mean, it happens in every movie in that sense that start big and then the 
the company starts uh, cutting you down and uh, what you want to do. And then when it comes out, you say, oh, yeah, we should have done it that way. And, but, you know. I will say, like, the addition of the digger to the train sequence is mind-blowing. I remember being in theaters and just being absolutely blown away at how incredible that little bit of that train sequence is. I would just like to know about shooting that, that bit with the digger. I really don't know who came up with the idea, if it was from the writers or Sam or uh, Gary. Uh, I didn't. Um, it could have been that it was from the beginning in the script. Um, it was a challenge in, in a sense that to work with those machines, it's not easy, especially on a, on a traveling train. And... Um, and you, you had, to, in a sense, you had to be very careful with how you moved, especially on a running train. Uh, everybody had to be harnessed and you couldn't just walk freely and things like that. So that makes it more difficult to shoot. And sometimes you don't get the angles that you really want. And, um, but I mean, it's, if, if we had more time, I think it could have been more exciting, but uh like I said, so they uh, money uh, talks sometimes. Sure. I mean, the, the, the question that jumps to my mind, it, it may be a re- repeating question for these Bond films, but you, you pointed out the parkour sequence in Casino Royale. Uh, of the ones you shot in Skyfall, what was one you enjoyed the most? I think both. I mean, they're, they're, they were different. And in and, 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 and Skyfall, you have a, a lot of cars. And... Uh, um, in uh, what is uh, casino? I mean, it, it mm. uh, wasn't so much the cars. I mean, we had cars. We had uh, one of the biggest uh, rollovers in in film history. Uh, but it wasn't a, a chase like in uh, in uh, casino. I mean, in uh, Skyfall. So in that in that sense, uh, they were both different. And I mean, I enjoy action in general. I enjoy mm. doing it. And whatever it is, it's it's. Uh, I still enjoy it. Well, it, I, I'll, I'll sort of bounce off of that with a, with a follow up. Then, I mean, looking at and you said this with Casino Royale. You know, your work was speaking for itself at that point. Stuff like Gladiator and Black Hawk Down. What is it about the Bond films that kept you coming back for seconds, thirds, and, and fourths? Well, I, I think it's not only the stunt. It was also the people we were working with, the producers, the, the directors. And I think especially the producers, Barbara and Michael, um, they're very supportive in everything you want to do. And they try to give you as much as they can. And yeah, sometimes, like I said, financially, you have to come down, but they're very supportive in everything. And they like to, they like to, to try and do, or, or also us as directors, try to do the stunts as real as possible. And, and use as little CG as possible, or more just to take lines off or out or things like that. So, but I think it's the team that is, uh, it feels like a family. Like you're going back after a couple of years, you don't see your family and you go back and you enjoy it. You have a good time. And I think that's something that uh, I felt on Bond. And I would love to know just a little bit about working with um, Roger Deakins on that one and just, you know, what he was looking to accomplish with Skyfall. 
Well, he had worked with Sam before and he still does. So they had a very good idea of what they wanted. And for me, it was a great, I mean, I always admired his photography and I still do. So for me, it was a, 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 like a learning process. And, um, and like I said, you, with every DP, you learn things. And um, I learned a lot from him. I mean, they, they were more into the story than so much, especially also Roger, than into the action in that sense. Now, I was I was looking at um, some behind-the-scenes footage of you shooting for Skyfall earlier today. Uh, it was the Shanghai sequence, I believe. Uh-huh. And it, it something jumped out to me. It was a question that popped into my head because obviously the four films we've got to, to look at here. Of all the places you've been in the world to shoot a Bond film, what was your favorite location? Well, there are a few. Uh, I mean, Bahamas, uh, Jamaica. Um, I mean, Istanbul was very, very interesting uh, uh, place to, as a city, as a uh, locations. It's a very interesting uh, city. I mean, I, it's it's tough to say one really one place. Uh, I mean, they're all great. They always use or, or look for great places to go. And sometimes second unit enjoys it more than first unit because they go for two, three days. Then they go back to the studio and we stay there for three, four weeks or as long as we need to. So it, it, I enjoy, and, and in general, I enjoy, enjoy every location I go and, and the work I do. So it's, it's tough to pinpoint one, one single location that sense. <clears throat> Is there a place you ever missed out on because you were doing second unit and first unit went there and you never got to go there? Like a, a place you were sort of jealous you didn't get to see? Uh, not really. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't... You've had it all. You've had it all. No, I think we, we went everywhere first units went or they came to where we were. Uh, one thing I missed in those days uh, was when on Quantum is that they went to Chile and I was born there, so I'm, I, I come from there, and I had hadn't been there for a while, so it was uh, I was looking forward to that, but I couldn't say no to Ridley Scott, so uh, I missed that one out. Was there a location that was the most challenging from a logistical standpoint? I, I think Matera was uh, um, challenging um, because you couldn't touch a lot of things and. Uh, you had to be careful. You had to um, that you don't destroy anything. Rome was one too. That where we were in a few locations. The same thing. It's all these old buildings that you can't touch. And and in Rome, we lost a few locations because the city said no way. I mean, if a car goes and and, and hits this building, which is two thousand years old, no way. So. Uh, uh, it's mainly challenging in that sense that you, you have to be careful that you don't destroy something that's old. Uh, uh, Bahamas was challenging in a way that they didn't have all the equipment. We had to bring the, I mean, it was more challenging for production. We had to bring the cranes, the, the high cranes from London. Everything was coming from England. And I think production-wise, that's challenging for them. Uh, we just arrived there with the cameras and the and the cranes and everything we need, but 
uh, in that sense, it's more for production uh, challenging board. And now the team obviously came back together again for Spectre. Sam Mendes is back in the driving seat. Was there a different vibe on that set? Because I always find them to feel very different between Skyfall and Spectre. They seem to feel and look very different films, even though having the same sort of director. Did, did it feel different in that second film? Well, you have a different DP, you have a different uh, production designer, and uh, they all want to uh, put their signature on on the film. So it's, uh, and I think that's what makes it different. And I think there were a lot of new people in, in Spectre. Um, and on No Time, especially also on No Time to, to Die. I mean, it, it, the whole, a lot of people changed there. But in the, between Skyfall and uh, Spectre, the DP was different. And uh, so he, he brings a new crew, the production designer brings in the, so it's, it's, it's still a family, but a family that you don't know well. Uh, and, and until Casino Royale, it was probably pretty much the same people. Also, the other films with Martin Campbell before and uh... right and I would like to know a little bit about the opening of the film there's the big helicopter fight and I had read that you were shooting the helicopter fight yourself handheld is that correct inside well there were we did uh, I was helping first unit on that in Mexico City we did all the plates for it and then the fight inside uh, i said why don't we do that here instead of doing it green screen and it was like nobody said oh i'll go on it and i said i'll give me a camera and i'll do it and and let's go up there so that's how it all came up to uh, to happen and uh I mean, I've, I've always, I've done many jobs where operators, because they can refuse to do a shot that, that I want. And uh, so I put myself in it and, and do it, you know, and, and that's what um, happened also in, in Spectre. Was, was there ever a moment where you sort of wish someone to put their hand up first <laughs> when you were up in the helicopter? It's not that. I think sometimes you feel that it's, it's a shot that they need. And can be and can be more exciting to do it for real than to go to a green screen where you have to try and match the the the, um, the light and you don't have the background. You, and, and Mexico had everything there, and even the best plates and all that. You, you're still gonna look like it's a little fake. So and and that's I've done it many times that uh, I put myself. Um, sometimes without production knowing it because they would say no way so it's um if something happened that they can stop they have to stop the the filming for a few days until somebody comes or somebody else takes over and so in that sense the productions are very careful with uh, so most of the time i don't tell them <laughs> and one of the things about specter is like visually it's a very unique approach to James Bond. It's one that's often quite paralyzing, uh, polarizing, I should say, when you you know talk to Bond fans. I would just like to know, working with Hoyt Van Hoytema on the visual look of the film, kind of what he was, what he wanted to achieve with that film. Well, that's I don't get really involved that much in that sense because that's something that he does with the director. 
and then I just get the the sense what they want to do or how they want to do it and the look of it. So I'm not part of that completely and that's uh, in those discussions when they they start before I do even if I start two months before or three months he starts a lot earlier so they have a better idea on, and they talk about the what they want to achieve with the photography and all that so um, and, and, I mean we used IMAX that we haven't used in in in, in other in other bonds uh, he had experience with IMAX before and um, it was my first time that I shoot with IMAX. It's a camera that uh, it's not easy to to do handheld. Even Hoyt is Hoytman is a he's a, a expert in 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 IMAX and doing handheld. I mean, he I, incredible is an operator with that. So. Um, I mean, for me, IMAX is, uh, I don't think it brings much to the story. It's a part of opening and closing the, the screen, but uh, they thought that they would bring something to the movie. Uh, that's something that, like I said, he would talk to uh, Mendes about it. Mm -hmm. Was it a steep learning curve jumping to IMAX or was it fairly easy for you? No, it was the the sense and the photography. It's very easy. The the what it's a a learning process is how to rig the camera, how to. I mean, it's 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 a heavy camera. It's a big camera, and it's not like a just put a two C or or a, a small video uh, digital camera on it. So you really have to prepare very well before you do anything with it. And have all the mounts. There are different mounts, and the cars have to be rigged different. And uh, so that that's the learning process in that sense. And I suppose just keeping with the trend, obviously we pointed out the helicopter sequence at the start in, in Mexico. But was there any other sequences you really enjoyed doing with Spectre? Something that jumped out to you? Uh, well, we did the 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 uh, the, um, the boat scene. That was fun, and um, yeah, I should see all these films again. I mean, they're pretty good. <laughs> they're worth watching. <laughs> Matera was also nice, and uh, the the chase we did on the on the streets, um, and the motorcycle there. Well, you're, you're you're leading me in beautifully to my sort of next section, which is No Time to Die. Obviously, new director again, Kari Fukunaga. What was that like working with him? I think he was very open to a lot of the suggestions we had. It's the same. He he doesn't come from really action movies. He did a, a, actually a very good uh, movie uh, in Africa, which was called... Uh, Beasts of No Nation? Beasts of No Nation. I think he did a great job on that, um, where he did the photography and directed, and I think he, he did most of it himself. He was very open to it, to... Uh, to the um, to the what we came up with ideas uh, with um, with uh, Lee Lee was the stunt coordinator Lee Morrison so he was very open to that which sometimes it's great for us because we can do things that we vision a little more and 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 uh, how to do it and uh, uh, so um, yeah and 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 also with the 
the director of photography, the Linus, Linus, um, uh, Linus Sandrin, Sangren, Sangren, Linus Sangren, Sangren. I mean, we had a, 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 a he was a, he was very open. He was very. Uh, uh, I had a good relation with him too, and and uh, I actually in most of them I had a good relation with the DOPs and the directors. Um, uh, because maybe because I understand very quick the way they want to light it and they don't have to be looking over my shoulder and things like that. So, uh, and of course that comes with the, with experience, especially working with different DPs, you know, and understand the way they want to light the way, the way, uh, the use of lenses they want. And, um, same with the director, some directors, um, I mean, I, I, I did a movie with Tony Scott and he likes long lenses. So uh, there were shots that I would have done wider, but he said, no, go tighter or go tighter and further away and things like that. So it's, um, it's a different, that's how you learn uh, what every director and DP wants on the film. And I would love to know with No Time to Die, you know, you've worked with Gary Powell on several Bond films and you have Lee Morrison uh, taking over as the um, stunt coordinator? Well, I've worked with Lee many times before because he worked with Gary a lot. He was his uh, like his uh, right hand um, uh, or right arm. Uh, so I knew him very well and uh, he learned a lot from Gary in that sense. And uh, so we had a good relation from before uh, No Time to Die. And um, and I think it's it's important, especially me doing photography and being the director, uh, is to have a good uh, relation with the with the stunt coordinators because otherwise they can bury you in that sense, but in a good way. Um, to have a, a a good relation with all the stunt guys in that, uh, uh, and especially with Lee, with the ideas to. Um, to come up with ideas and, and see how the best way to um, execute them. That's important because uh, if you have, you can have stunt guys that they're a little, and they say, no, this is the, one, the way I want to do it. And then and you can't change anything. And even if you might have a better idea, uh, they're uh, very, um, they're not open to suggestions for somebody that's not a stunt guy. And with all this, I mean, the stunt guys, I've worked with so many that, uh, and I've learned also from them uh, doing stunts that, I mean, I, if somebody helped, uh, asked me to do, be a stunt coordinator, I probably would do a, not a great job, but a good job. Ever thought about trying it? No. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair, Fair enough. enough. Yeah. I've done, I've done what I've done with Lee and with Gary and all that. And when they rehearse, sometimes I go and rehearse with them on motorcycles and uh, or uh, I'm part of the stunt team in a way. And I've done stunts with them and I've done jumps uh, on on um, uh, on airbags and things like that. I I I mean I. I like doing it and I like to also see what it feels and, and be part of it. It might give me a better idea to understand the stunts when they talk to me. 
Now, yeah, we've sort of chronicled your, your four Bond films individually, maybe just looking back on the whole system of, of, of all four of them together. Now, you mentioned off the top you were you know, going to see Bond films back in 1964 and 62. Now, you saw it through all the way to No Time to Die, where you know the character is killed at the end. Uh, what were your thoughts on sort of that big choice at the end? Well, I don't know if we killed them. <laughs> well, well. It remains to be seen. If you read, go to the end of the credits, apparently he's returning. So who knows? No, I mean, the thing is that the character is still there. You know, mm. the, the 007 will stay there and it will have the same name, James Bond. And uh, what's changing is the, the actor. You know, it's, uh, as far as I know, 007 is something that uh, uh, um, an agent gets. You know, it's they they like on the last one they called her. Yeah, I'm a, a 007. But no, I, I, it, I think it's good to bring somebody new. I mean, it'd still be 007 and James Bond, and hmm. you get used to the new one, and he's he's gonna do three, four, or who knows how many. And but I think it's the character that's is, and yeah, the actor brings a lot to the character to the. Uh, to the movie so hopefully the the new one will be somebody can get on into his shoes but um yeah it's, i think it's mainly the character the 007 that mm. well and you we spoke about daniel craig and sort of watching him grow throughout the films but of all of the people you've worked with on the bond films say maybe apart from daniel craig who was the person you most enjoyed working with well because the the main um uh, actor that I had to uh, work with was always Daniel. I mean, sometimes we got other actors, but it was like for a day and it was either for something that they didn't uh, didn't shoot or they had to shoot. So we had to go in and shoot it. But the main relation was mainly with uh, Daniel to come to work with us. And uh, like I said, also, he felt very comfortable coming to second unit. And he knew that we would take care of him. And uh, the, the, the two uh, moments that he had uh, that he uh, twisted his ankle was with first unit. So it wasn't really with us. Um, and and I, I think a lot of actors enjoy coming to second unit, like, like I said, because they, they feel a little, there's not that uh, pressure that they have with the dialogue with uh, all the other actors and things like that. So they enjoy that. Uh, it's like playtime. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of impressive stunt performances over the films that you've looked after. I mean, Anna Diarmas in No Time to Die with that, that sort of fight sequence was fantastic, I have to say. She was great. Um, and just sort of looking again at, at the process of making these these films... Is there anything you've personally learned about filmmaking from doing these films? Because um, obviously you're looking at your filmography, you've done all kinds of things in between, Terminator, Avengers, Jungle Cruise, Bird Box. You've been a very busy man in between these films. But you know what has doing the Bond films taught you about filmmaking? Well, one thing that I uh, liked about Bond is always that we try to do the stunts for, is for real as much as we can. Avengers, on the other hand, is... Um, a lot of CG, everything is CG, so it's um, it's a totally different kind of uh, filmmaking. And 
that's what I liked about uh, Bond that, uh, and some of the other movies that I've done is the reality and, and, uh, and doing the movie and doing the stunts and all that. And I think they look better too. Yeah, you're always going to have a little help uh, from CG, but uh, that's what really uh, uh, excited me the most when when they call me back for a bond we interrupt this program to bring you a special report attention spy hards die hards independent podcasting much like the spy game requires considerable resources whether it's research equipment hosting or of course constructing a hidden moon base we're putting out the call for your support that's right the spy hearts patreon is the home to our ever-growing lineup of Agents in the Field episodes where we decode non-spy films from your favorite spy actors, and The Debrief, where we activate our billion-dollar brains and predict how the spy movie news of today will shape tomorrow. Cam, what have we got in our crosshairs this month? Zootalor! Inspector Clouseau is back because we are tackling the second Pink Panther comedy, 1964's A Shot in the Dark. Let's hit the nudist colony. So accept your mission and hop in the Hellmobile today at patreon.com slash spyhards. But before Spectre agents intercept this broadcast, let's get back to the spy jinx. And I mean, speaking of reality, maybe we'll jump off of Bond and just talk briefly maybe a bit about The Born Identity from 2002, which, you know, when you're working on that film, I just love to know about shooting on that film you know maybe sequences you worked on but just also about i mean that movie really changed the language of spy cinema and they would continue to develop that with the born sequels but just shooting the born identity you know sequences you worked on and just kind of reimagining spy action well um all the 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 chase scenes are or it's all second unit uh, we had to change the 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 chase, because at the beginning in the script, there was a, the chase was in the train in Paris. And uh, somehow uh, at the end, we couldn't shoot or we had too little time. So um, um, Doug Lyman said, look, we got to change the whole scene. So what do we, how do we do this? So we came up with the idea, okay, why don't we do, we start saying change again and we do a whole chase scene and all that. And that's great too, when a director asks you to come up with ideas and, um, and you start working with the stunt uh, director and uh, I mean, the stunt coordinator and uh, you go around town and you see, okay, how do we do it? How, what can we do? And and that's uh, for me. It's exciting too because you have you are a lot more involved in, in in the chase or in the scene itself. And yeah, it changed a little bit because also later the 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 the, the action movies they started being cut a little quicker. They were um, more realistic and they like the the few the the. Older bonds. I mean, everything was very slow. Even the stunts, when they happen, you know, you you let them happen and it's slow. And when you look at the new uh, films, 
the action is a lot quicker and the music is different. It's more exciting and all that. So I, th I think that uh, changed um, the way we started making action. I mean, it, it definitely influenced the Bond films. I think you went to work on afterwards. I think the Bond films really did sort of pave the way for what Bond did from that point onwards. Yeah. Um, but just on the Bourne sort of side of things, was it the chase sequences specifically you worked on? Or was there any other scenes in the film you, you helped out with? No, we did. Uh, again, um, I think I should sit down a whole week and look at all the films that I've done. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. Well, I'll help it all. Do you recall if you did the scene with the sort of hand-to-hand -hand combat between Matt Damon and Nicky Norday? I was there. We set it all up. Uh, they did a, a little bit with the actors, and then we finished it with the stunts. Um, but we set it up for, for Doug. We had Nicky on the show last year, and we sort of went through that whole scene bit by bit, and... Uh, he, he had a lot of fun doing it, especially diving out of the window onto the bag outside. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times the first unit starts or comes after us and uh, or we set it all up and they come and do as much as they can and then we finish it or start. Mm. And um, that happens a lot. And one thing I think is really interesting is that, you know, you have Born Identity is released 2002. The same year Triple X comes out, the first film with Vin Diesel. And you worked on both of them. And one thing I think is interesting about Triple X is that in many ways, it's more of the classic Bond kind of action, but at the same time, enhanced to a degree that is kind of going beyond what Bond had done. I would just like to know in terms of staging the action for Triple X, how you kind of achieve that sort of Bondian feel while also going bigger. Well, we always try and get bigger. Mm -hmm. and uh, But at the end also, I think it has to do with the editing. Because on second unit, I mean, I tried to give them as many options as possible that uh, they can cut and, and the editor can look and see how can, can he make it uh, more exciting. So, I mean, I have an idea uh, how I see the action, but if they give you the same film to you, you probably cut it completely different. And if you don't have choices, then um, you might, and, and I think that happened on uh, on uh, with Ben Affleck, uh, uh, the the film we did in Boston, the town, the town, right? Uh, I knew the footage was there when I saw the uh, the cut. I talked to the producer. And I said, "We got to find somebody who cuts action." Because this is not the way it, 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 it's, uh, the cut should look. And that's what they did. And they brought, um, I remember who, um, they brought a, a, a different um, uh, editor who knew to cut uh, action. And he did, I mean, it was like day and night uh, after he cut it. Because the footage was there, but if you don't cut action and you're more into drama and to more speaking then it's it's difficult to to do it right i think when you shoot an action sequence and i'm not looking to point fingers at anyone but like sometimes the editing is going to come out in a way where your work looks fantastic and sometimes it doesn't you know it maybe leaves you underwhelmed are you able to watch the finished product and walk away 
still content with the experience and working on the film when you're not necessarily happy with the edit? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I said, I, I when I see a film that I that or the action that I've worked on, I I know the footage, and sometimes I say, yeah, they, they should have used this shot instead of what what the editor used, and um, like, like I had a uh, when we did the um, Gladiator and um, I mean the the movies I did with. Uh, Ridley Scott and uh, Pietro was the editor. He used to uh, sometimes say, Alexander, come in, let me know. Because a lot of times editors don't see 100% all the footage. They oh, I'll do this and then, yeah, okay, fine. And with Pietro, I used to go into the editing room. We sit down and say, look, there's this shot. What shot? Okay, let's look for it. Oh yeah, you're right. Let's put that one in instead of this one. In. So it's, it depends on the connection with the editor too. And um, on on uh, Casino, I had that also with the editor. And 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 some editors say, no, 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 thank you. You did your job. I do mine now. I think as I'm sort of starting to wrap us up, I did just want to ask a couple of quick things about some other other jobs that you've worked on. And one that jumped to mind is because I was looking through your credits and I noticed that you did the uh, the commercials for uh, Land Rover for No Time to Die uh, as the director of these uh, adver- the advertisements. You said you worked in sort of advertisements before as well, which led me to find out that you're actually you directed actually one of my favorite films, uh, personally speaking, which is Resident Evil Apocalypse. Right. I had no idea you were connected with that at all. Um, and so what was that like? And how was that to be the director as well? Well, it, I mean, it's been a few years now that I want to direct. Unfortunately, I don't get the uh, the um, break to do it. Mm. Um, I had a, I got the, the there were three directors uh, involved in that, and uh, at the end, uh, I was the one chosen for it. Uh, and uh, it, for me, it was a great experience because I had done commercials and I've done uh, documentaries and di- like that as a, as a director. So it was a, a great experience. I was a little bit uh, afraid in those days because of the actors. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a very good relation with uh, Mila. It, one of the problems that we had was that she was breaking up with um she's married with him now paul ws anderson oh with paul and he was in czechoslovakia uh, doing um predator versus uh um, versus alien yeah and uh, they were breaking up and so uh, she wanted to do something and he wanted he was <laughs> sending uh, script changes and she was a uh, didn't like them and so I was kind of sometimes in the middle of it and that that didn't do very well for the relation that I was having with uh, with Mila work-wise so and unfortunately I had to change the DP on that because um, I was doing most of the work myself or telling him what I was doing and, and not taking care of the actors um, 
but no, I, I mean, I always wanted to direct. And I last year I did three movies for Amazon, and um, uh, so. But it's it's a tough changeover. Well, it's certainly a, a big leap, and I mean, it's the the film itself sticks out to me because I'm a big follower of the video games, and I think this is probably the truest adaptation of any of the films. Uh, that they've ever done compared to the video game. So I I credit you for that, for walking that line between making an entertaining film and sort of saying faithful to what was in the video games that you're taking from. Um, but, I mean, was that an effort that you made to sort of keep some of the things in but change it up as well? Well, there was something that they told me that I had to keep a few uh, or, or try to uh, make it look more the uh, to the game and then have come out in the game so that was something that they told me to do and um it's not something that i said uh, oh i want to do it that way and um and the producers had um, also the, the their ideas and mila had their ideas so at the end we're all into in one bucket and uh, we tried to do the best we could there and um so that's how but and and all in all, it was a great experience for me. And I feel like we would be remiss to not just briefly touch on The Hunt for Red October, which you were director of photography for the second unit. And I would just like to know about, I mean, that is a fantastic movie, but just working with John McTiernan on that movie. Well, Jan had worked with him before. And um, I worked a couple of days on Die Hard. Oh, nice. Yeah. Met him. And with Jan, I had a, a long relation. I, I, I think I did nine films in, in total with him. So um, they were both very happy letting me do what I had to do. And uh, sometimes the Bo, who was the director, of, uh, the second unit director, Bo uh, Marx, I think, Bo Marx. I mean, he wasn't there all the time because he was also a producer on the movie or line production something like that and that also gave me a lot of confidence to to do both jobs uh, to direct and be uh, uh, in charge of it when he was had to take care of first unit so for me it was also in that sense a great experience that uh, to take that um, responsibility um, as a director and a dp well, the, the last couple of questions we have for you, Alexander, and then we'll let you get on with your lovely afternoon. Um, the first one is, is there a film or a sequence in the film that you are most proud of, of, of your work? Well, I think there are many. I mean, uh, I mean, each film has something that I'm proud of it. Uh, I think Black Hawk Down, because I had a lot of work to do there. And I'm very proud of what we did. Um, I mean, in, in general, the Bond films too. Uh, it's really, I can't pinpoint one. I mean, I'm, I'm, I get involved so much into it that I, I, I enjoy the work. That even if it's a small scene, I feel proud of it. And I know sometimes it doesn't come out the way I want it or the way the director wants it. Uh, but um, in general, I, I think I'm, I'm proud of what I've done. And that. What are you currently working on? Well, I'm doing a pilot as a DP, and um, and I start uh, on on a, it's a Marvel movie in in May. 
in Atlanta. Um, we're starting shooting in July, but I start in May and uh, finish this. And then um, I have my own project. It, it's the, called The Archer. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for an actor. And hopefully when I finish with the... Uh, and that one is to direct first unit. Looking for, a, for an actor. Um, and hopefully we'll, uh, when I finish in September, we can start with that. You, you, you've teased us with the Marvel film now. I can't need to figure out what it is. It's uh... is it Thunderbolt? Thunderbolt. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Hey, look at that. Look at that encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge there. Very Thank good. You. All right. Final question for you. And this question has been asked to every single guest we've ever had on the show. Alexander Whip, what is your favorite spy movie of all time? I mean, I think in Bond in that sense, it's been my, sure. I mean, because I grew up with it. Um, even um, and and uh, Body of Lies, I think it's a good spy yeah. movie. And I, sure. I think most people either they didn't pay attention to the dialogue, but I think it's a pretty good movie in that sense. You know, it's. Um, well, I'll, I'll I'll hold you to it. You, you said Bond, but can you pick a Bond film that you reach for most often? Uh, what is it called? The uh, I mean, Doctor No. Right. Hmm? And um, the other one was uh, Oldfinger. Maybe because I was uh, still a young boy and the, the, you get out of the film and you think, I want to be Bond, James Bond. And that stays in your mind for you for the rest of your life because you grew up. I grew up with it. It's it it's a great choice. It's there's a reason why Goldfinger is the blueprint for Bond films. They still go back to it every time I look at it. So there you go. Well, Alexander, it's been an absolute treat picking apart the Bond work and all your spy work and your other work this evening. Uh, thank you for your time. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And uh, well, maybe. Soon we'll have another one. Definitely. Well, if the, hopefully they give you a call because you've done wonderful work with the last ones you've worked on. Yeah, I don't know if uh, when they do the next Bond or... It, I, I mean, a lot of times it depends on the director uh, because Barbara and Michael, they can just uh, mention my name, but they can't force anybody to say, no, you got to use Alexander. So hopefully the next director uh, has an open mind and. We'll see. But you're saying you're saying you'd go back for another one. Well, I would. Go. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, there you go. That's the first credit on the uh, call sheet. There, we've got Alexander Witt signed on as second unit director. There, perfect. So that's uh, <laughs> that's Bond twenty six sorted. Um, Alexander, thank you again for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, both of you. Well, there you go, folks. That was our chat with Mr. Alexander Witt. As always, we'd like to thank Alexander for taking the time to speak with us. Cam, what did you think? This was a really informative interview because one thing about James Bond is we talk a lot about the actors. We've talked to people who have written James Bond films. But what most people talk about or a lot of people talk about when they talk about James Bond is action. And so it was really fantastic to have on, you know, Alexander who shot a lot of the iconic action sequences that have made the Daniel Craig era much of what it is, whether it's the parkour sequence, the helicopter stuff at the start of Spectre. Like, he has a long laundry list of contributions to this rebooted Bond franchise. And, I mean, boy, audiences have definitely gone nuts for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, for me, the thing that excited me most about coming into this interview was 
actually just get into grips with what a second unit director did. And that's not through me being an idiot. It's just, it's not a person that gets celebrated that much when it comes to talking about films. You know, you watch all the sort of press tours and it's the screenwriter maybe, or the director at least anyway. It's never second unit. It's never the stunts team or anyone like that who really are the sort of scaffolding that hold these films up, the the putty that brings them together. And it's great to hear a, from a man who has really, you know, woven a thread throughout Daniel Craig's tenure as James Bond, sans, of course, Quantum of Solace, which we discussed, and I got something wrong with that. He kindly corrected me. Um, yes, yeah, so from that point of view, I think it was a, a, a really insightful discussion too. I, I really enjoyed it. I think something I want to highlight first is just sort of the interesting way he got connected with it. And, and like, he had to interview, which we didn't dive into too much, but I just, I find the concept of someone interviewing for a film really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every process is different, right? Because sometimes it's a case when we talk to Dan Mendel, for example, about some of the major projects he'd worked on as director of photography, it was like a text message. Hey, yeah, want to go to a, you know, galaxy far, far away? Yes. <laughs> And so it's interesting because you just never know. It depends entirely on, you know, the producers and what they're looking for. But um, it was interesting that not only did the interview, but just talked about kind of that family dynamic of the Broccoli unit that we hear so much about, like the way that Eon runs their productions and how much of a difference that makes. It's the sort of thing that like you hear it thrown out so much. You're kind of like, well, I mean. Is that really the case? But it really does seem like a big draw for bringing people into the fold, but also keeping them there once they've you know shot their first film. Well, yeah, that was going to be my reply. Was there's a apart from the fact that these are prestigious films to work on for anyone, really. These are films that people seek out to work on. They also are providing an atmosphere people want to come back, and I think that's very important. And he spoke about he being Alexander spoke about just being able to get in contact with the producers Bob and Michael and sort of get what they need and that is crucial and I think it's really important that he was able to come to these films and also with different directors almost every single time and different teams around him as well and be able to bring his sort of voice to the proceedings uh, without being sort of washed out and closed out Mm-hmm. And there was like a real calmness to Alexander that I suspect would be key in a lot of his success. When you look at a lot of these action sequences, whether it is the very complex parkour sequence, shooting the train and the digger stuff in Skyfall. I don't know about you, Scott. I would probably be a mess if I was dealing with the logistics of having to shoot a lot of these incredibly complex action sequences he seems you know very cool calm and collected and i can totally believe that he's kind of the guy you would want and makes a lot of sense why he's doing you know some of the marvel films like a lot of the major major productions going on and why he's kind of a go-to guy for ridley scott as well well i imagine someone in this position is it could be a hard job from what i've learned from this discussion you are working for someone else you are not the head person on the poster. You're not directed by blank. It's You're working to their vision. And so you need people in that role that are trustworthy, that are good at communication, and can also good at sort of listening and interpreting and putting that onto 
the screen. And it's proven in the man's filmography. You know, like doing camera work for The Hunt for Red October, going all the way back there. He was trusted from that point onwards, and he ends up working as second unit director before he gets to Bond on films like Gladiator. Yeah, that little film. That's a Just that that little film, and it's nice. And I'll also make a side note. Alexander really does sort of weave through our Spymaster interviews through the years. Going back to David Franzoni, who wrote Gladiator, we had on the show... He worked with Sebastian Foucan and Joseph Milson, I imagine, as well on the set of The Chase. He worked with Gary Powell, Nicky Norday as well on The Born Identity. So it's actually nice to have someone who sort of worked with all of our previous guests. And also, in some ways, Rich Wilkes, who wrote Triple X, and then he was obviously shooting the second unit action sequences for Triple X. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's testament to his work in film that he is still working in these big blockbuster landscape films. Like it, He's just going to start work on Thunderbolts in a few months' time. That's a big MCU film. I'm sure it's going to do very well, just like the rest of them do. But you know, he worked on Avengers Infinity War, which I think to many people is the best of the MCU. Certainly up there in my top five, let alone working on all these Bond films. And it It's been really enlightening for me to see what it takes to be successful in that domain to have and foster these relationships, not only the sort of bond relationship that they have, but relationships with the people around you. And he spoke a lot about working with Gary Powell and the stunt team. And I think, again, that's very important. One of the other things he really explained that I think is very, not only interesting, but helpful for probably a lot of listeners was when you're shooting second unit and your DPs are people like Roger Deakins, Hoyt Van Hoytema, go down the line of all the people he's worked with. These are all very distinct cinematographers who have very unique styles. And the way the second unit director matches the style of each individual film so that there is visual continuity. That was the sort of thing, like, I'd always had a sense of how it probably worked, but it was great to have him actually explain it. Yeah, because you have to match it and not just sort of emulate, but you have to make it feel like it was their work in a way. Which is actually quite thankless when you think about it because you won't be able to put your stamp on it as much, really. And as as Alexander spoke about, he would suggest ideas, but a lot of the time he's just working to the brief of the director or the DP. And so I think credit goes to him for being able to do it so successfully. And also, you know, when you look at the Bond films, for example, and you've got these big iconic action sequences typically the responsibility for those is assigned to the main director from the point of view of the audience. The audience walks out going, boy, you know, Sam Mendes hit a home run with that action sequence. And not necessarily the case. No. Again, also with the parkour chase, you think, Martin Campbell, you've done it again. But did he do it? Well, it's like, obviously, in designing the sequence, storyboarding, elements like that, 100%. But when it comes to... um you know, actually executing it, shooting it, not necessarily, you know, always the case. Absolutely. And maybe just sort of looking more holistically at his Bond experience, it's just nice to see someone who had such a great experience with him and, and wants to go back for more. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit as well of when we interviewed John Glenn, who started out as a second unit director and worked with Bond for a long time. And that guy also, you know, he was a great interview. You go back to the archives for that one. But he worked on several and then continued on and eventually directed a bunch. But like, it seems like once people start directing Bond movies, 
there's a certain lure, and I'm sure it's not just, as we said, like working with Eon, who are known to have this family environment, just kind of the excitement, the locations all over the world, as he cited in the interview, the uh, preference for practical effects versus um, CG, which is probably a lot more interesting just from the point of view of being, you know, a, a filmmaker. So you can definitely see the appeal of Bond, and I think it goes beyond just Bond is cool. And to sort of close this off, I just think it's also important to note that there aren't that many people that have walked the line between Bond, Bourne, Triple X, and Jack Ryan. Yeah, no kidding. It, it's, I mean, we're going to tackle the Jack Ryans at some point. We've done the Bonds, we've done the Triple X's. We're about halfway through the Bonds now. He might be the only person that really connects all those things together, let alone his other spy credits. Yeah, I know. I mean, even like uh, X Men First Class, which he also worked on, has pretty high spe- uh, spy cred as well. Yeah, that one's sort of been in contention for a little bit, hasn't it? We're wondering about that one. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed that chat with Alexander. I'm really enjoying this sort of film school vibe we're getting going with a lot of these filmmakers that are deciding to, to come on the show and share their knowledge. Roberta Schaefer, the DP from Quantum of Solace, is another good example. Dan Mendel, the DP from Spy Game and many, many other films. Another great example. Well, over to you, Cam. What have we got coming up later this week? Well, on Friday, we are going to release our interview with Bridget Miller, who played Dr. Vogel in both Spectre and No Time to Die. That's right. Blofeld's right-hand woman is going to be on the show. And then next week on Tuesday, we are going to release our episode on 1973's Enter the Dragon. That's right. The iconic Bruce Lee classic. We're going to give our take. Look forward to that absolutely wonderful stuff stick around for that interview friday and of course next week with enter the dragon very exciting times here on spy hards and if you like what you heard on the show please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and do not forget to follow us discreetly of course on social media at spy hards that's s-p-y-h-a-r-d-s on facebook twitter and instagram but when you're re-verifying your range to target remember send only one ping